You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 180. So many times fear brings tears and we don't have to fix it. If a client's no. crying, it's okay. Many times I'll say, you just take your time. You just be here and you take all the time you need to feel what you're feeling and to be in that place and then just hold the silence. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. If you are a regular listener, I want to welcome you back. It is wonderful to have you with us each week. If this happens to be your first time to encounter the Star Coach Show, my name is Meg Rentschler. I'm your host and I want to warmly welcome you. I am an executive and mentor coach and a coach educator. And this show is about all things coaching. Now, something fun happened for me for this show today in that our guest from episode 176, Master Certified Coach Jean Opplinger, said to me at the time that she was interviewing me, what about you getting interviewed for your show? Would you allow me to interview you for your own show? Which I was just so excited about doing. And that's exactly what we're doing in today's show. So Jean Opplinger, who I'm quite certain when you hear her interviewing me, if you haven't heard her interview, you're going to want to listen to hers. So I will put a link for her show in the show notes for today. But I'm not going to do a whole lot of intro to this interview. We cover it all in the interview. Jean does a lovely job setting the stage. So let's go to Jean Opplinger interviewing me. Okay, good morning, good afternoon, or good day, whatever time you're listening to this wonderful conversation. I am Jean Opplinger. I'm a master certified coach, but I have the honor today of swapping roles with Meg Rencheller. I'm thrilled to get to be interviewing her. Meg, of course, is the founder of Star Coach, and she brings so much wealth and information and people to us that this time we get to listen to her wisdom very intentionally. I know she's bringing us wisdom every time we check in with her, but this time we get to have her as our interviewee. So welcome, Meg, to your show. Jean, thank you. Thank you for (laughs) offering to do this. It lit me up when you you made the offer during your incredible (laughs) show, and I'm just really happy to be with my audience in this other chair. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, thank you. And we're happy to have you here. You've chosen a very unique title for your conversation today. And I'm going to, before I let the title out, I know you've teased it a little bit. 
I just think it's great that we remind ourselves that we have someone on the line, Meg, who has 25 years experience as a therapist and then 12 years and going as an executive coach. And Meg's commitment to coaching is about helping other coaches thrive. And you noticed a gap when you left, either you left or others left or an ongoing observation about when we leave our certification, all that intentional training to be a good coach, and then that leap to being putting it on the ground and serving others, you said, wow, there's just a gap. And you had a common repeated, a few repeated conversations. And so you, like a good entrepreneur, does fill the void by creating Star Coach. So thank you for doing that. So we're here to continue to run on your platform. Are you ready to tell us the title of your conversation or shall I? I would like you to introduce the conversation. Okay, so remember, I'm the beginner interviewer here. So great. Meg's title, listen to what she's going to share with us today. We can coach through fear. We can coach through fear. And here we are. It's March 30th, 2020. We are all experiencing globally common shelter in place work from home primarily. I can't speak for all states, but majority of us are work from home. And there is fear. There's fear for our wellness. There's fear for our families. There's fear for our economics, etc. So we're very eager to hear what you have to say about how we can coach through fear. Meg, why that topic? You know, Jean, first of all, thanks again for the beautiful introduction and holding this space with me here today. My pleasure. You know, there were a couple things that happened all at once that made it really clear to me that this was the topic that that I wanted to focus in on. First of all, I had an experience through my instructor, being an instructor in a in a coach training program, where one of the students in a peer coaching situation that was being supervised by a mentor coach, brought forward a situation around anxiety and fear and was told that coaches aren't equipped to deal with those kinds of topics. And I had listened to the coaching exchange and saw it differently, saw that that, that's very much something that we need to meet our clients when, when they're in a place of anxiety and fear And then pretty much immediately afterward was coaching a client who is very much caught up in fear around the coronavirus, Mm -hmm. around some previous medical conditions that she has, and was so caught up in the constriction that she was in around her view. Her, Her world had suddenly gotten very small that it just, I thought, well, that happened and then and then the the movement that she was able to make in her session and just knowing as you pointed out that we are in a time right now that we are facing things we've never faced before in our lives right. and that's going to increase those fear based emotions as a therapist my belief is that many of the vast majority of the what we would call negative emotions are actually fear foundation-based. So panic, anger, frustration, even ambiguity, the overprotectiveness that we feel, the way that we might look at others as the enemy or the the person who's going to stop us from getting 
what we need or that, that somehow I was listening to a recording yesterday from a New York City doctor that, that, you know, the people that are on the streets with us, they're not the enemy. We're all in this together. So being able to really look at what do we as coaches need to understand about this issue is what made, motivated me to bring it forward. Oh, that's so rich. And I do agree with you that I have heard that the emotions part is not where, not where we're supposed to tread as much. Yet being coaching for a while, you and I know it's very much a part of our everyday life. So it's great to hear that you're going to help us kind of bust up this myth around coaches can't take on emotions. So that's right. great. So you're talking about recognizing or what there is next to do. Can you share more about that, please? Recognizing what the client's presenting? Either recognizing that it's there, the fear is oh. there, or recognizing, you know, how, oh, I hear, I see, I experience an emotion going on. What would we do then next? And or as coaches, we always have to meet our clients where they are. Right. Share with us more inside this dialogue about, you know, the COVID-19 situation. What should we be paying attention to? Okay. So, so in general, because definitely we've got the COVID-19 going on. And I think that this is a stage for us to understand that it's going to go on. We're going to have emotions as an ongoing thing to, to work with whether we're having a national or worldwide pandemic or right. whether your client is in tears because they think they're going to lose their job over something or because they're being asked to complete a project that they feel unqualified for or, right. you know, that when we hear emotion in a client's voice or see emotion in their face, in the tears that are coming down their cheeks, in the anger that we see in clenched fists, that we, my concern is that if we're not prepared to engage with that emotion without fear on our side, mm. what we might do is shut down or step over that important emotion thinking, I don't go there as a coach. Mm. So I'm going to just not respond to what the client is presenting. I'm going to instead avoid. So one of the things that I, I just think is so important for us to be aware is that when our clients are caught up in fear about whatever that trigger event is, whether it's because they're afraid mm -hmm. of speaking in public, whether it's because they're, they don't want to be caught unprepared in front of their peers and, and that makes them feel less than or mm. anxious, that the key thing to just be aware of is that when somebody is caught up in emotion, their world gets very, very small and constricted and mm. it becomes a situation of flight or, or fight. You know, we, our creativity shuts down. Yeah. It just becomes very, very small. Yeah. So if we think about being in a place with somebody whose world has suddenly become small, yeah. Yeah. how do we want to be in that space with them to create the safety and the environment that allows enough trust to just begin to expand that a little bit? Mm. Mm. So understand what you're saying and the description and even your voice you know, became even more tender 
to, which is appropriate, right? Like it's tender and it's constricting and this freeze and flight and all, you know, or fight. I get it. So do tell, what are, what is it that we can do as a coach here? What are your thoughts? How could we help? Well, I think that you pointed out one of the things right there. What is the music of our tone? What is, how are we engaging? So are we matching right. the situation in bringing down our, our tone, creating the kind of music behind our words that allows the client to just be in that space for a moment? Not saying that we want to twirl around the problem, but that we want to create it's okay. I'm meeting you where you're at. So we can create, whether we're just on the phone with somebody, whether we're in what's going to be kind of our new being, I think, in in a video or phone distancing, or whether we are actually face-to-face with a client in the future. How do we create through our body language, through our voice tone, a safe environment for them? Yeah. And, and just being, so I think just sitting with our clients for yep. a while, breathing, being, creating that it's okay to feel that emotion rather than backing away from the emotion. Like, yeah. ah, which is, I think that as coaches, we need to be aware of What's being triggered inside of us when a client is in a place of having emotion? If tears make you anxious as a coach, that's something that you need to explore and deal with, maybe with your own coach. How am I able to hold space for somebody's emotions in a coaching session? That's so rich. Yes. Mm -hmm. And in that, if, if I've fear is being triggered in you because you have a similar anxiety or you have a similar, if your client is talking about financial distress and you're feeling in financial distress, what does that bring up for you? Mm-hmm. If So we all know that part of becoming a coach in training is that you go through mentor coaching sessions. And, and mm-hmm. at one of the programs that I teach in, we do those in groups of four students with a mentor. I was talking to one of those mentors the other day, right after the stay-at-home order came through sort of the nation. I Mm -hmm. mean, not that we have it as a nation, but that much of that was happening. And her comment was that the students were just spiraling because they were trying to coach one another through their anxiety about the COVID-19. And they were all so caught up in it themselves that the coaches were unable to coach the clients because there was just a spiraling around the problems and a spiraling around the anxiety. So that's something that we need to be aware of. How are we showing up in our sessions? And if, in fact, any of the issues that our client brings forward, how can we get out of our own triggers our own anxieties and focus completely on what is the client presenting and how can I be there, not fix it. And that's, that's the issue. If we get caught up in how am I going to fix this for this client? We're lost, right? It's not about fixing it. It's about first holding the space. Second, being able to wonder what is it that they want to do in the space of this emotion? What do they want to get out of the conversation? And how can we be comfortable in being in that space with them without getting caught up 
in our own anxieties, our own fears. Yeah, really, thank you so much. So rich, so put to words what I find that I can take for granted that we bring as a coach to the conversation, this deep capacity to be with, be with whatever is going on for the client. I remember back in coaching school where we had to practice that for more than half a day, just they'd set up these different scenarios of, you know, great elation and joy all the way to tapping into different fears. And we just had to be with it, like Mm -hmm. literally stay present and hold the calm, if you will. And so presence, as we were talking about earlier, is such a big competency, but it's not it's not that it's not, it is a multifaceted capacity and strength. Yes. Right? You, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and as we were pointing out, you know, the, the competencies have been rewritten and, and I think strengthened. That's not that they're completely new, but mm-hmm. the, being able to manage our own emotions is part of our coaching presence. Oh, so true. Being able to be confident in the face of emotion is part of coaching presence. And, and that is something that, that when we are able to explore the client's thoughts, explore their beliefs, being okay with just being curious, and your curiosity as a coach can help the client begin to explore what are some of the things that are holding me back from even wondering about options. Right. So I talked about the the client who is completely caught up in fear because she has some legitimate anxiety about her medical condition and what's absolutely waving through the world. Yet as we were able to hold that space and begin to explore some of the beliefs that were keeping her world as small as it was, we were then able to just wonder about what the options, what possibilities were available. Mm. And then her world began to open up just a little bit. And then the fear. And what I saw was that her breathing Mm. opened up in the session. And And her face shifted from being full of angst to wonder herself. And then as she began to look at well, what, what is possible, not perfect, but possible to open up just a little bit, she began to glow. Right, right. Yeah. And so by the end, she was able to think about what is possible in the face of the changes that are going on in her life that would make it workable for her because it had it had become such a place that she wasn't sleeping, she wasn't eating, mm. she wasn't able to engage. Now, some people might think, well, isn't that a therapy issue? Right. And, and my response mm. to that would be, no, we'll talk in just a little bit about the different, you know, what would create a therapy issue. Okay. But we get so caught up sometimes in, in swirling around what won't happen that when we can ask our clients, if you weren't as caught up in fear as you are right now, what, what would be the difference? What are we looking for? What would happen instead? Yeah. And just beginning to look at the other side of that opened up possibility. 
it wasn't a diagnosable diagnosis. It was a, a situation that was just keeping her stuck. Yes, it is definitely the thing as a coach that we, we want for our clients is that new perspective, yeah. that new shift to see more, you know, like you, you've been using your fist to say that small spot we get in and then we're like a bulb, it just starts to open some. And there's true, but that sometimes the, our pace and our desire for them to get there Versus their readiness or willingness or readiness is really the word that comes to mind. You know, that it's their timing we must honor, not ours, right? Exactly. So So important. And if you don't mind, I think that, you know, I really hear your multiple sense oriented way of connecting to the client, the music Mm -hmm. behind her tone, the deep tempo of the conversation, etc. And then there's just listening, you know, nothing, just truly being a safe, trusted space to let it out and let them figure it out, you know, is courageous on both parts, for sure. Yeah. And it's in holding that space and just being open to what they want to share and what, what, Sometimes it's just deeply listening to their breathing or deeply listening right. to what they're sharing or holding that silence, holding oh, the yeah. silence of silence through tears too. So, oh. so many times fear brings tears and we don't have to fix it. If a client's no. crying, it's okay. Many times I'll say, you just take your time. You, I'll be here and you take all the time you need to feel what you're feeling and to be in that place, and then just hold the silence. That's so, so rich, so needed, so relevant, so courageous. You know, courageous is the word that just keeps repeating out of my mouth. I apologize, but that's no, what I'm don't, because it, it yes, takes courage. It does take courage because it, it can make, if we don't own that that courageousness and and that it's okay to be in that space without trying to fix. I -hmm. think owning the vulnerability of not trying to fix it, but to just be there with someone Mm -hmm. is courageous, I think. I agree. I'm really hearing how you can tell you are saying how a coach can help through these vulnerable times, through the emotions that come up, whatever ones they do, whatever emotions do come up. And that it's our conscious awareness, it's of ourself and of them, and that just being in the moment dance, allowing for what needs to happen, happen. What I often am seeing with a few managers I'm working with is their kind of beta waves, their brain that wants to fix and help get going. Yes. Instead of these alpha brain waves that are about the calm and the depth and the beingness so yeah being a calm because it it, it's very vulnerable for the client so often once a client gets emotional they'll start apologizing for that that emotion Mm -hmm. apologizing that i'm so sorry that i got emotional or i'm so sorry that you had to deal with that and i think that the other part of that that we do as a partner as a coach is make that okay that oh, it yeah. is that I am absolutely okay with whatever you bring forward. Yeah. There's a you know, a reason why we feel the way we do, while we 
emote the way that we emote and that needed to happen at the time. And I'm honored to have been your partner in that and to give that space and to allow you to work through that because that's what this partnership's all about. That's right. That is the foundation, the trust and the partnership. Meg, you alluded to, you know, when do we know or what are some indicators around when the emotion might be a mental wellness issue or a mental health issue or someplace where there's another expert or someone they can go to? With your depth of experience in both practices, can you help us understand, especially in what's going on right now, what we want to pay attention to? Absolutely. Because obviously, there are going to be indicators that a referral for a psychiatric, whether it be a therapist or or some kind of mental health intervention is needed. And I think that some of those differences are, is this a situational, you know, is this mm-hmm. coming in response to a particular situation that is the client needs to work through the feelings, the emotions, the impact of a situation, and yet they're able to see future focus. They're able to begin to look at through your coaching, through the the partnership, they are able to tap into possibility. They are able Mm -hmm. to tap into what options might be available to them or to be somewhat future focused. When someone is absolutely incapacitated, unable to take any cues towards what we want to be different moving forward, that they're swirling around the problem and no matter what you as the coach partner do to try to help them I mean, there might be times that they need to vent and they need to kind of work out a problem. But if whatever you do, and this is particular to working over a period of time. So I would say, Jean, that it's possible, depending upon what happened, that there might be an issue that is really keeping a client stuck in in a particular session, that they really are grief stricken or angry or frustrated or sad about something and that that sadness, that emotion comes up throughout the session. Mm. That's not what I'm, I'm talking about when there is an ongoing pattern. Got it. Someone is just not able to make it past, not to a perfect solution, but to even begin to be solution focused. If, If they are Continue, if you're hearing a client is unable to get out of bed or do their activities of daily living in keeping themselves, you know, their grooming and their eating and their sleeping and, and the different things that keep us healthy as human beings. If someone has fallen into a pattern where those kinds of activities of daily living are just not happening, mm-hmm. we've now moved out of a situational kind of of fear or even a depressive state into a depressive state. If somebody, so I worked with a client who was struck by, she was working through some family issues. She Mm -hmm. had come from therapy and was now ready for coaching according to her. And our plan was to help her get her feet under her, to be, to be self-sufficient, to be able to be gainfully employed and work toward standing on her own two feet. But whatever we worked on, she was absolutely enmeshed in anger towards 
family members and mm-hmm. anger towards what she felt like wasn't her due, wasn't given her due. And she was unable over, over many sessions to let go of that. So my response to her was, you're so caught up in the emotions of what's happened in the past that I think that you moved from therapy into coaching too quickly. And I would recommend that you really work through some of those family issues and underlying issues that you're unable or willing to let go of. Because no matter what we did in coaching, there was not a forward focus for her at all. There was a swirling around the problem. Mm -hmm. And when people are stuck there, they might have some some issues, some diagnosable kinds of situations that are keeping them from being able to engage with a coach. Wow, that's really great. And so I hear, you know, even if there is, so thank you for sharing that. And I hear that even if they are able to see the future, coaching is future-based opportunities, yeah, we have a reality of today. But if the pull, if the pull and the pattern of the pull is to go back and to not have them you know, I, I get this experience of like a bungee cord of sorts. Yes. It just pulls pulling the them back, back, pulling right? them back. Or the anxiety is so high that right. they are so caught up in negative what ifs that they can't fathom what is versus what could be. So mm-hmm. there are certainly some anxiety disorders that pull people away from being able to function day to day because they are so afraid of the negative possibilities that they, they get so pulled into the distorted belief mm-hmm. of, you know, mental filter. If I believe it to be that way, that's the way that it is, you know, overwhelming all or nothing thinking where we can't see any of the gray. There's many cognitive distortions that we can work with as a coach. And then there's when they become so overwhelming that right. they are all consuming for the client, right. then they might need a different intervention. I hear you. So Megan, this tender space that we hold in this place of where we're reminding them that we are a trusted confidant and we may, you know, right now we can't be in person. We can be in video, etc. Are there any, you know, I'm not trying to make this a, a one size fits all, but are there any questions that we as coaches can ask such as, you know, I'd like to explore something with you around what you're talking about and what I'm observing or like that. I mean, are there any, is it appropriate just to go with, to go into a permission granting conversation? I don't know if you understand what I'm asking here, but I'm curious. Yeah, I think that it is very appropriate to, for all of us to A, be willing to ask our clients about what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, be able to say, I've noticed since this particular thing has happened, or if we're specific to the coronavirus right now, just to use as an example, I've noticed in our sessions since you've been working from home that X, Y, and Z seems to be happening on a regular basis. What are your thoughts about that? Or how, a, you know, is that something that, that I'm noticing that doesn't ring true for you? Or I wonder if, it would be helpful for us to talk about how this situation is impacting you. Particularly if we have clients who might be, we might notice that something is 
is changed, but they seem to be oblivious to it, or they seem to be trying to push through without acknowledging. I think that we can create permission to, or just ask, and which might give them permission to talk about it. So stating the observation is really what I'm hearing, you know, sharing what we see, not right, not wrong, no diagnoses, of course. I agree, you know, and, and for some, you know, I'm human. For mm-hmm. someone who has a coach and has, you know, had the luxury of good therapists too in the, my past, uh-huh. you know, it's true. My myopicness is why I'm speaking to someone else. So it makes sense what you're saying that we should bring what I'm seeing here. Want to check it out with you and have a dialogue about that. So great, thank you. So what else? So you, you know, here we are. We can coach through fear. What's the through part? You know, you were speaking at the beginning about we can get the through is kind of like that turn of the corner, and we see, you know, that they see something new that they hadn't seen before. Are there any things that you do to help sustain the momentum with the client? Or anything, if we get through the fear, share with us your experience around that. Yeah, such a good question, Jean. So I think that when we get through, and really through fear, through any block, we help the client ground whatever that new awareness or new learning is. So if through a conversation about fear or being stuck because of fear, the world expands a little bit for them or they're beginning to see possibilities. Mm -hmm. How do those possibilities apply to other situations? How can they Mm -hmm. take that learning or that awareness and see it beyond that particular situation into how they want to be in general or what that, what that feeling of opening up, how, how can they hold on to that? What do they need to do to ground themselves in the opposite of, you know, if the, angst and anxiety and fear, if the opposite of that was calm and reasoning and freedom, and they're able to tap into that, how did they tap into that? And how can they apply that learning to the next time that they feel the angst and the constriction and the overwhelm to to be able to, and we're all going to have those. We all have those. So it becomes, what was the belief that triggered that? And next time you feel that belief come in, how can you help yourself remember the openness that you, the, the, the permission you gave yourself to feel differently? Yes. Beautiful. I love how it's not mechanical, but that it's, you know, really honoring the, the experience of the call, you know, or what was revealed. And the belief, you know, the word of belief, your belief that you had it, it doesn't make it right or wrong. It neutralizes. Yes, such, such grace. That's great. So curious, if you don't mind, in your experience of coaching clients the last few weeks during the coronavirus, Mm -hmm. in your depth of experience around emotions, fear, et cetera, is specifically what we're talking about here. I'm curious to know what your either intuition or your practice or your expertise tells you is how frequently then should we suggest to check in with the client? Is it, again, their timing? Just curious, is there a different way we should be holding these more vulnerable times if we have a client that comes through a vulnerable coaching call with us? Such a good question again. You're so good at your questions. I think (laughs) that it becomes, again, being 
willing to ask, being willing to say, what do you need now? And making it okay. If you need more frequent touches or if you need what, what kind of support do you need? Who else in your life is also available to be supportive? Right. So I'm always saying, you know, I should be working myself out of a job and, and <laughs> creating a network of, or, or the client creating the network within their lives about who's supporting them and, and what do they need from the people around them and what do they need from me as their coach. So right. in being able to say, wow, you did some incredible work today through a lot of emotion, what are you needing to sustain you? What are you needing in the face of some really unusual circumstances right now that yeah. that can help you ground into this new experience that you're having? Understanding that emotions ebb and flow, and you might very well be experiencing an ebb of more unwelcome emotion. So what do you need to be able to be in the best place to to face that moving forward. It's so great to return to that good, good, solid, basic question. What do you need? Again, granting the permission and the power that they can and do take care of their own lives and bringing in that support who's around you to support you conversation. Just really, that is our unique role to bring those questions back. And as a coach myself, and maybe even for you, like, what do I need right now during this time? I have been increasing meditation, increasing wellness, increasing, you know, a lot of sitting and move, not versus movement these days mm -hmm. because of the virtuals and uh, taking our own medicine, if you will. I think it's been something I'm seeing. Are you, what are you seeing for yourself? Well, you know, very interesting because I have been, for, for whatever reason, things have, have been super busy over the yeah. last couple of weeks. And I've noticed that I've not, so I've made myself like I am, like my son is home from college and our dog is his dog. I mean, he's the one that brought it home from college to us. But I've been saying, you know what, I'm going to take the dog out. I'm going to, yeah. you know, I need to get out and, and, and move around. I need to be quiet and thoughtful and, and meditative. Yeah. I, I, that self-care is super important because I think that the more we're all home together, the more I, isolated I can be and that I need to get things done. So I close the office door mm -hmm. and I'm, and, you know, I'm here. And yet, what do I need to do to, to be available to my family, to be available to the important people in my life as well? Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I really can relate in, you know, from my perspective. It's kind of a good closing question that we can all wrap ourselves around is what do you need? You know, what does our client need? What does this moment need? What do I need? You know, what do we need? You know, all, honoring all of it. Oh, such a beautiful topic to talk about. Thank you for that. Thank, Thank you. So you. Much. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for this. This was yeah. an absolute treat for me and <laughs> so nice to be able to spend time with you again. Oh, a treat for us too. And I'm taking notes as I'm trying to be professional interviewer here with you. <laughs> Thank you did you a wonderful you. job. Thank you so much. Thank you, as did you. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. You too.
It was such a treat to spend time with Jean, to be on the other side of the microphone, to respond to her wonderful questions, and hopefully explore a topic that will be helpful to all of you, particularly in the times that we're in right now. If you want to know more about Jean or get a listen to her show, she was episode 176. She shared her top 10 tips that she's learned in her 20 years of being a coach. And I'll put the link for that in the show notes for today. All of my shows can be found wherever you listen to podcasts and also at starcoachshow.com. Now, I want to take a minute to let you know that one of the favorite things that I do as a coach instructor and in my coaching business is mentor coaches towards strengthening their skills and earning their mentor hours for credentialing or recredentialing. Just want to let you know that that program is open. I only do it once, maybe twice a year, and it's currently enrolling because you've got to have at least three months to complete, and it's usually more like four to five months to get all of the mentoring in. So we do it now so that any of you whose credential is coming up in December or even the December after that can get it completed and check that box off for your recredentialing. If you'd like to know more about that, there's a link for the program in the show notes for today's show. So once again, starcoachshow.com, episode 180, show notes. Or shoot me an email at meg at a focus on results. Now, next week, I am once again so excited for the show that we're going to be bringing forward. We are joined by another Master Certified Coach. Cherie Silas is going to talk to us about Agile Coaching. Now, if you've heard that expression and thought, what is Agile Coaching? Or maybe you know a little bit about it and would like to know so much more about it. She is going to share how Agile Coaching impacts organizations and the concept that we should always be working from a coaching mindset. I learned a ton from Cherie. I'm excited to bring that interview forward. So be sure to come back next week. And until next week, be well, stay safe, and I wish you the very best for your coaching success. This is Meg Rentschler. We will see you next week.